0: Well, today we have a very full radio program that you that you really need to hear. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. In just a few minutes, I have a guest I'm bringing on the program. Somebody, one of my listeners, had suggested I reach out and contact this individual, and I really wasn't sure how the interview would go. But I did reach out, we did talk, and we had a great time. And I cannot wait to share this interview with you. It's gonna be an eye-opener on many levels. Now, before I get into today's program, I have a few news headlines, a couple of updates. We are now back on two of the frequencies at WRMI. I know they've been working diligently since the hurricane, Hurricane Ian, caused extensive damage at their facility. We are back on our primary frequency of 5950 uh, in the afternoon and evening. And also, again, on 9395. And there's actually a good chance that even today we'll be back on 9455 at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. And so just keep them in your prayers and, and just pray that they can have the strength to do all they need to do. It is going to be just like all of Florida in so many levels it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of time to, to get past the damage. Now, I, I think of my family that still lives in that region a little bit north of Fort Myers, and and they're still dealing with issues with remnants of flooding and damage. Uh, thankfully, where my daughter lives and just down the road from her, my granddaughter lives and my new great-grandchild Um, They're doing okay, they have power, but there's still a lot of issues in the region. Fort Myers, a town that is so near and dear to my heart for the many years that I spent involved with a radio ministry in that town when I was with a Christian college. uh, To see what has happened there is truly heartbreaking and I can uh, recognize so many places that will be forever changed. So keep the people in Southwest Florida in your prayers. It is a very unique part of the state. Florida is not a homogenous state. Every part of the state is unique. From what is called the Nature Coast up near near Jacksonville, then on down to the Space Coast and the Treasure Coast. Then you come around to the southwestern part of the state. And it is more laid back than the East Coast by far. You find a lot of Midwesterners have, have settled there. When I say Midwest... I'm talking from small-town America, like a Finley, Ohio, or some town in, in Indiana, maybe Nebraska, maybe rural Illinois, and you meet a lot of people in that part of the world that are just wonderful folk, and, and, and just keep them in your prayers as they go through this very difficult time. A couple of stories that I saw that really caught my attention, and, and I want to share this this one, just to give you an idea of how the world thinks. We have a groupthink now that is being caused by the media, social media, and even some, some conservative media. Now, This may not mean a lot to you, but yesterday, Elon Musk put out a tweet on Twitter. With an idea of how to, you know, get rid of the conflict, how to resolve the conflict in Ukraine, how Ukraine and Russia could achieve peace. And all that he said, not that I agree completely, redo the elections of the annexed regions and do it under U.N. supervision or in my case, just some kind of reliable supervision. And Russia then leaves that area if it is the will of the people. Crimea, formerly a part of Russia as it has been since seventeen eighty three, until Khrushchev's mistake, um, and the water supply to Crimea assured, and thus Ukraine remains neutral and stays out of NATO. And I can I understand where he's coming from. And so he asked that as a poll, does that sound like a good idea? Sixty percent of the people almost say no. They're all Putin bad. Ukraine, good. Ukraine is not a civil democracy. It is a dictatorship. It has got a puppet government that we put in there in, in 2014, yet we are so deceived. Now, I'm not saying everything Russia has done is right. I don't say that at all. I'm just saying look carefully at all the facts. We have all these people with their little Ukrainian symbols on, on their their Facebook pages and what have you. And let's be honest, Ukraine has been one of the most corrupt nations on the face of the earth. I mean, the Bidens have made millions of dollars. What did Hunter Biden do to deserve the kind of millions of dollars he made being on the board of directors for a gas company? And how many people actually believe that Putin destroyed his own pipeline? I certainly don't. It makes absolutely zero sense to anybody that can think rationally this is your major source of income this is your major bargaining chip to the world and you're gonna let it be destroyed you're gonna destroy it yourself I don't think so we're gonna we may never know the truth anytime soon but it really disturbs me that we are heading ourselves closer to to war now Brazil It's kind of tense. It's kind of a repeat of the United States election of 2020 where you have one candidate, the conservative, ahead. But somehow they're going to keep counting the votes. Does that sound familiar? Till we find enough to put them over the top? The left in this world is absolutely terrified that conservatives may win. And one real quick last thought the word fascist, how it's being tossed about these days. The word fascist means anti-leftist or dictatorship, if you go back to its more original roots. And yet we have tried to morph the word into something evil, making it purely a Benito Mussolini kind of thinking, and how Italy has gone fascist with a conservative. Don't buy into the lies the media is telling you and we'll get into that story a little bit later this week now Dr. Mark Sherwood is a naturopathic doctor he's on a mission to help you achieve wellness in every area of your life and one of the listeners to this program suggested I reach out and I did and Dr. Mark Sherwood has been well he's gracious enough to be a guest today on the program. So let me get right to to the interview, uh, Dr. Mark, and tell us how you got into the kind of work you're doing today. Well, during my
1: last few years of being a police officer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was stationed at the academy. And during that time, I was charged with developing a wellness program for the department. And so I traveled around the the country to various departments and found that there was significant inadequacies in that program, Mm -hmm. so we developed our own and that kind of got me interested in the effects of stress and what it did to first responders. And then that progressed into the idea of what life and lifestyle did to everybody. So it was kind of a a progression based upon curiosity. I wanted to answer the question, why is this happening? And so that got me into the naturopathic Mm -hmm. area Mm -hmm and where I soon met my wife and then we joined forces.
0: And you now have um, a clinic as well. And so explain to somebody like a person like me, why would I have interest in some of the things that you do?
1: We are different than the conventional medical model that simply does this. Uh, I come into the doctor, I have something wrong and they give me a medication for that. So they focus on symptom and resolve or management of the symptoms by medication what we do is we have all that plus we look back upstream during our process and determine well what's causing the symptoms Mm -hmm. what is the root cause what are the upstream causes of diseases and illnesses we have and Mm -hmm. so we actually correct those leading to the elimination of symptoms leading to the um lack of necessity to always be looking for a disease diagnosis
0: you know one of the things that i have learned as i've gotten older i have been blessed for the most part with very good health all of my life Uh, i i if you're a physician looking to make a living off of me you're going to starve to death for the most part and that has been the story of my life now i've had some issues in recent years and, and i've noticed because I haven't had to deal with the medical system except with my late wife who had some health issues like 20-some-odd years ago. How bad the health care system has become over the last less than 10 years. It is amazing. Uh, the paperwork, the delays, the referrals, the cost. Um, it, it, is, it has gotten out of hand. And I have to wonder, does that discourage people from to even trying to take care of themselves better than they should?
1: Well, hopefully it will do the opposite, encourage people. Here's the story behind all that, Bob. You go back and look at 100 years ago at the birth of what we call this thing called modern medicine, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, we're still practicing, if you get the idea and play Mm -hmm. on words there. Right. Um, Traditional medicine is what my wife and I have been doing. Now, my wife, I should mention, is a trained medical doctor. She's a trained osteopathic doctor. So we have all of that in the clinic um, and treat people really from around the country and around the world. But it all started when people like me and um, other natural healers were deemed and labeled quacks.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know. I, I know, and it's sad. But well, once again, you know, there's no money in in a healthy way of doing medicine. This there's is- not, and uh, frankly. Um I'm hoping
1: people will understand that that other system over there is absolutely taking advantage of and creating sick people to create profits, and it's not okay. Absolutely. People as human beings, not as uh, potential profits.
0: You know, somebody made the statement a number of years ago, and it is so true. The pharmaceutical corporations of today, which include the Pfizer's, to be quite blunt, and many others, Merck, I can go down the list. I'm not just trying to single them out. They're not looking for cures. They're looking for customers.
1: That's true. And the whole system is designed to look for management, which means dependence upon medications to promote Mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. You know, like what we do, and this is different. uh, We have a big vase that's probably three foot tall and probably... um, Uh, at least 12 inches across the diameter of the opening of the mouth of that vase. And it is full of empty pill bottles. Mm -hmm. What are those? Those are are things that we've de-prescribed, namely high blood pressure medications and Mm -hmm. type two diabetes medications. And frankly, type two diabetes shouldn't exist in one single person in the world. We've created that disease and therefore created the diabetesity also epidemic. And to me, it's unacceptable. We can do better than that as a country
0: now we're getting into some areas that i think a lot of listeners need to hear and and i know that look i'm i'm dealing with a couple of health issues myself i may mention them in a little bit i may not i may save them for some other time but just to get your take on where we're at i know a lot of people that have high blood pressure myself included now where does that come from is it come from our diet does it come from stress does it come from what
1: generally speaking in the vascular system of human beings let's understand that the arterial system these vessels if you want to call them that uh, the walls of them are kind of muscles so they're able to dilate or actually expand and get bigger to allow more blood to go through and they're mm-hmm. actually able to contract to to push blood unfortunately over time Through a variety of mechanisms, the vessel uh, walls become stiff. We've all heard of the statement hardening of the arteries, right? Right. Mm -hmm. What makes them stiff is really a couple different things. I should say three things. The standard American diet does create damage to the arterial walls. That's number one. Number 2 many many people are magnesium deficient. Magnesium is a muscle relaxer as opposed to calcium being a contractor. So many times magnesium deficient.
0: Okay, I'm going to stop I'm going to stop you right there and and because you just hit something that it is relevant to me and probably some other people. Mm-hmm. With some of the things that I've been going through, uh, there has been an elevated level of calcium in my bloodstream. Yep. And I have my blood pressure. And I'll admit that during the time of the pandemic, many of us couldn't do a lot of things. And I was working, uh, basically flying a desk for quite a long time. And so my weight, I'm six foot two, crept up to like 249. Now it's down to 233. And I'm, I'm carefully bringing it down slowly. I'm not trying to do some radical diet. Um, I'm just eliminating processed foods and a lot of carbs. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm enjoying my bacon and eggs, but no toast and no grits and no potatoes. Um, I'm I'm taking a little break from that diet this week, but I'm not gaining weight. I'm not losing. You know, I've been doing it for three weeks and I take the weekends off. And so I'm down 15 pounds in about three and a half weeks. And And it's nice and easy. And I basically feel good. Mm -hmm. blood pressure is still a little elevated but it's also coming down uh what are the things that i should be looking at as at a person who's in their 60s approaching 70 in a couple of years what are the things that and i know a lot of the audience that i have may fall in that bracket Mm -hmm. what are some of the things we should consider and look for
1: well Obviously, uh, as I was alluding to, the idea of um, mineral deficiencies, namely magnesium, so we need to have magnesium. I I do recommend uh, somewhere between 300 milligrams and even up to one gram, which is 1,000 milligrams. I like personally a magnesium glycinate, G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E form, uh, as opposed to other ones which will really promote bowel laxity, which you don't want to do. The other thing you want to look for is the absence of nitric oxide. Remember the old days, Bob, where people would take the nitroglycerin when they had that chest pain. Mm -hmm. It was old Mm -hmm. school. Okay. So the vessels actually produce a gas called nitric oxide, which actually causes the vessels to relax, vasodilate. And so many people are deficient in that. So we use uh, both magnesium and diet and a little bit of a nitric oxide synthesis, uh, wafer that we put under our tongue that does the same thing mm-hmm. basically as we used to talk about. And generally speaking, we can get that blood pressure through those three mechanisms to go down. Now we have other tools that I like to say that will hammer that nail that's sticking out flat, mm-hmm. but those are the main three things. And the last point to make is as we do age, there is a movement of acceptability upwards within the uh, blood pressure ranges that are readily accepted as safe. For example, someone 20 years old, maybe 120 over 80 is normal, but someone that's 60, maybe 140 over 90. We must not ever accept that that's normal. We must accept that that's high. So even though medicine will tell you that's normal, it is not normal, it's still too high. So we need to work diligently to lower it.
0: In my life, and I'm just gonna share where I'm at because I know me better than most other people, up until about oh maybe twenty maybe not quite twenty years ago, my blood pressure was always relatively low, and, and I had all the I had all the bad things going on. I mean, I'll admit there was a time in my life I was a smoker, I was a disc jockey, and I you know I burnt the candle at both ends, but I still maintained a blood pressure of like ninety nine over sixty five, even with all that going on, and when my my first wife became very ill, and eventually I lost her. It was after her death and trying to rebuild my life, stress levels inside of me, and was just through the roof. And I got to the point that by 2010, in just a matter of years, I felt really strange one day. And I, and I was in my car on the way somewhere, and I said, this is not normal. I was one block from the hospital, so I pulled in. My blood pressure was like two ten over one twenty, just through the roof. And it started a period of time that I was on, you know, your typical blood pressure medicines, and it eventually came down. And, and over time, it's crept back up again. And and so, what are the some of the things that could cause that in in a person? Well,
1: when you talk about the the blood pressure elevating like that suddenly. Obviously, you want to think about um, a blockage of some sort or stiffness mm-hmm. like the plaque buildup.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that was found. Time. I mean, they did all that, and everything was just fine and dandy, no blockage, no nothing. yeah, you can get a little bit of a dysrhythmia sometimes. You know, think about the
1: heart being electric. Um, gadget, you know, that operates sort of an in involuntary capacity with its contractions going on. We pump, you know, 2,000 gallons of blood each day, which is extraordinary. So, in anything in that electrical circuit that gets off course, you could have these rapid elevations like that. Uh, some might call it like an AFib, mm-hmm. an atrial fibrillation sort of a uh, right. scenario. Mm-hmm. Many times, however, that can be triggered by stress. Uh, which is not unusual. High caffeine, which is also not unusual, and a lack of rest uh, or sleep, which again, in stressful times is, is very relevant. Well,
0: you know, I, I fit the bill on all of those for a period of time. You know, lack of rest, a lot of caffeine. Um, even in my younger days with the caffeine, I never had the issue though. that's, that's what I, mm-hmm. I, but the stress I had never really I'd never dealt with stress before until later in life. Uh, life was just pretty much easy, if that makes any sense. I, everything yeah. just flowed well. Even even when things would be difficult, it still flowed well. Um, I was able, I, I, I didn't have things like customer service issues. People can relate to that. Trying to deal with customer service today can be very stressful. Where 30 yeah. years ago, it wasn't. Uh, our computer age, I think, has bought a lot of this nonsense Uh, When you you make a phone call, I mean, how many people get that, you know, thank you for calling. Your call is important to us. And then for the next 20 minutes, you're trying to get to a human being, and there's nowhere in the menu to get you there. And I know for some people, that can be really frustrating, myself included. I need help now, not Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from now. And when you finally get me to somebody, this could have been done 25 minutes ago, you know, but you kept me rolling around in this menu. And I think we've added stress in our lives that we didn't have.
1: Bob, we have. And if you think about it um, in the scenario you just laid out, and I'll expand it a little bit, uh, people don't communicate today. They communicate on text, um, mm-hmm. uh, social media. Um, Everything is sort of going towards the automated. uh, That has destroyed relationships. Mm -hmm. It has severed um, get togethers. It has severed the need to actually communicate and talk. And to put that bluntly, when you're looking at the human experience, we absolutely need physical touch. We need conversation. These are things that are absolutely necessary to improve and uh, exhibit a at least a maintenance in some sort of a quality of life. And so the more we go down that pathway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. under the guise of being able to get a lot done, uh, we need to look at the trade-off. And no more apparent than the last couple of years, the isolation, uh, creating desperation, creating fear, creating mm-hmm. horrible lifestyle, like, right. uh, you know, ideals, sedentary lifestyle, uh, much, much fear. I mean, we can see the damage behind that. We just need each other. As oh, people. I don't
0: think we've even begun to unearth the damage that has been done, yeah. let alone the damage yet to be done.
1: No, it's going to be. Um, I believe, and I'm not being a pessimist. This is my honest observation. I believe that we've lost a whole generation within this last couple of years, and we have to effectively work triple time to even rehabilitate somewhat that generation. Because you got kids that are that don't know how to look at people and communicate anymore because of various mechanisms, including you know perpetual mask wearing, and which and again, didn't do for, any good anyway.
0: You know that no, was worthless. It's just, it's,
1: it's a silly thing, you know, you can look at the, the mask inserts and it'll tell you it doesn't protect against viruses. So, you know, the the sad thing about it, Bob, is we, for the last couple of years, probably not the whole thing, just absolutely bent over and trusted the establishment that we talked about a few moments ago that has been a miserable, horrific, documented trend relating and proven failure. For absolutely,
0: 50 years. absolutely. It's terrible. You know, I've related this experience to my audience, and I'll just quickly share with you. While much of my career, 50 years, has been in and around broadcasting, I spent about 25 years in active ministry. But I also, for a period of time, uh, in a very strange way, fell into a job in emergency management uh, because I had skills as a public information officer, and I knew how to work with the media. And, and I, I did that for several years and, and actually did quite well. And then I retired. Well, I got called out of retirement at the beginning of the pandemic. I got a phone call back in February of 2020 from a guy that I'd worked with several years before saying, man, I need to get my whole team back together. Can you can you come up to and, and I can't tell you where, but I I traveled out of state. And I stayed in this big hotel with only a handful of people in this monstrous hotel. Nothing was open, of course. Mm -hmm. Planning for the death of 3,000 people in the next couple of months in a a county of 300,000. Yeah, And spending millions of dollars, you know, leasing refrigerated trucks. You know, you can imagine what I was going through. And I'm waiting to see all this pan out because I went into this with a servant's heart that if this is real, they need my help. They're going to need help in getting a message out so people aren't in, in fear and panic. And after about two and a half months, it dawned on me, this is what the establishments want. They want fear and panic. They want control. They, this is a desired outcome. And the numbers that they had been claiming were proving daily to be fraudulent, phony, made-up numbers that were nonsensical. Yeah, And one morning I got up and and I just felt the Lord speaking to my heart, get out, just leave. And so I told them, I said, at the end of this week, I'm going to head back to our home first in Georgia. I'll stay there about a week. If things change, I can be back up here within the day. If not, within two weeks, I'm heading down to Florida to get my wife and I'll make a decision of what we'll do then. So I, I did that, went down to Florida, and then for the next, then we came back up to Georgia just to kind of ride it out to see what was going to happen. And you all, you know the rest, our, this <laughs> audience knows the rest. And, you know, oh, there'll never be a vaccine this year. Well, that was all political. Then there was a phony vaccine uh, a company, as you know, Moderna, that never had a product make it to market. Never no, on right? the verge of bankruptcy suddenly is delivered from the bankruptcy that they would have been facing, I mean, their guy uh, Stefan or Stephen Bansell, is out there selling a product they had never invented, and I mean, they have these wonderful office buildings and suites, and but they've they've had a revolving door of researchers have, have done the research, and they never could get this mRNA technology off the ground. They were promising. I looked at their website. This is like uploading software to your yeah. body. And they'll oh, yeah. cure, and they're going to cure everything from cancer to male pattern baldness. I mean, with this stuff, and now it's going to solve us, you know, save us from the coronavirus. And it was all a lie, every bit of it. Yeah, and the sad thing about you know, I remember
1: Bob going back to March of uh, 2020, listening to the elect, the uh, the conjecture by our, our politicians, by medical personnel, and even by pastors. Let me just put that bluntly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was extremely um, disappointed because fear was driving their discussions. Amen. Fear, it was leading their discussions, and and then i, I'll, I you know, again I don't say I've been very um, critical of these um, situations. The operation Warp Speed was a horrific mistake based upon fear because this kind of technology that you just uh, described had never been tested before
0: on that many people or that it couldn't have been. And it it had failed in everything they had ever done before. This is the dirty secret. There had never been a success with mRNA in any human condition.
1: That's right. And and when I saw that going out and look, I don't, this is not a slam on who was in office at the time, anything like that. I don't care who it is. We need to own that we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. That to me is missing today, Bob, in our world. The uh, people that are controlling this have either uh, two things that they have, you know, going for them. One, they love power, may, fame, money, and influence, and don't want to
0: change and don't want to give. And it not necessarily in that order. It just they, right. lo- they love all equally.
1: Yeah, and the the other uh, group of it is, and and you know, I'm, uh, I I know. People that have been around biblical principles and even our Christians would understand this. Uh, Satan actually controls a lot of power um, in the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Given that for a period of time, based upon the fall of man, and you know, Jesus didn't refute that when when Jesus was tempted with it too. You know, Satan said, "See all these kingdoms, if you bow down to me, I'll give them to you." Mm-hmm. There are people that have actually. Um, Well, let's say it sold their soul or pledged their soul to the devil for this temporary world's happiness and power and money and fame. And, and, um, you know, God helped their souls. But, um, you know, we have got to recognize that with an incredible amount of discernment, speak boldly and confidently and not be um, not be scared of those consequences when we actually bring constructive, Mm -hmm. uh, honest and godly criticism.
0: You know, you're raising a number of issues, and, and I want to get into a few of these, and we're going to, in a few minutes, have to take a break, but, and I do want to talk about some of the things you and your clinic do. I want to give that opportunity to you, so mm-hmm. don't let me fail to do that before the end of today's program. Okay. But the, what really, what, what, I, what I found amazing is how there has been this concerted effort on a global scale like we've never seen before to adopt this there were several things that I determined early on and this is why I walked away from a very high paying assisting position in emergency management and And I realized I can't do this with a good conscience I just can't anymore uh, number one how how people were you, you've used the term selling their soul and there, there's there's People have done that when people recognize that the information that they're spreading a lie, they don't care. It's like they're blinded to the truth. The FDA is a good example, blinded to the truth. We're going to rely and the CDC is going to rely on eight mice that happen to survive an MRNA vaccine. And that's going to be the basis of everybody supposedly getting a booster. And then we find out the mice when given this booster for the variant. When challenged with the virus, all eight mice came down with the virus. So what is the point? I mean, that is a fact that cannot be denied. Yet you try to say that in corporate media today. You try to say that anywhere. And you've got the government saying that's misinformation. Facebook saying misinformation. Twitter will cancel your account. It is like, how did we get to this point where they're making uh, a lie the truth? And that's what it is.
1: There's a couple of points that um, bear reminding everyone of. Uh, number one is is this one: um, if you tell a lie enough over the course of time through various sources, and if it passes through that many people, it becomes uh, accepted as truth, even mm-hmm. though it was never the truth. Mm-hmm. The second point is that. And this, if if any politicians out there are listening, and if you have any sort of spine left at all, any sort of heart left at all, you will propose legislation to immediately cease Big Pharma's ability to advertise to the public. We're one of the few countries in the world. Amen. We're and we, we're one of the few countries that do that. I think there may be three. And because of that, Big Pharma spends more money on television and ads and advertisement than they do on research. And it has prompted this downward spiral of this dependence upon. Big Pharma also is, if not the most significant contributor to political campaigns. They're right up there in the top two. And, and so all these people that are in office have been lobbied by Big Pharma. Hence the government will not, will not say that it's um, you know factual information and the, the other part of that is understanding that a lot of these people when the vaccine liability bob was transferred over to the federal government back in the 80s under the Reagan administration under the idea that they need to have more freedom to research without being hammered with liability um, at that point uh, vaccines became extremely profitable reliable and pretty much risk-free. So you have these globalists like Bill Gates Mm -hmm. that begin to invest in vaccines. And he he made the statement and I absolutely agree with him. That's the best investment you can make in vaccines. And we're seeing this right now because it's a it's a it all rolls into this idea of making more money and People become profit centers, mm-hmm. sickness becomes profitable, and then you lose the idea that it's all about the people. And so, you know, all that said, those are key points that people should really understand right now as to why we are where we are.
0: And my guest today is Dr. Mark Sherwood from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Dr. Mark, we need to take a break and let's pick up this conversation that we're having on the other side. There's so much information people really need to have. And as we go to the break, I want to take just a moment to thank each and every one of you that support this radio program. It means a lot to me to know that you're out there, that you listen each and every day, and that we are on radio and also as a growing podcast. When I first started the program a little over two years ago, People said you need to make it as a podcast as well for those that don't listen to shortwave radio, don't have a shortwave radio. And so we did. And I will say that for the most part, the majority of the audience to this program has been shortwave. But I think at times that is beginning to change just a little bit. Being off the air a couple of days at WRMI last week, shows how vulnerable a facility like that can be, and it's wonderful to have a backup plan. I'm looking at additional radio stations, along with WRMI as a possibility, and doing more with online and the podcast. Now, later this week, I'll be sharing with you a project that is beginning to really come together, and it should be ready for you to take a look at if you have the ability of being online. It's been a project of mine for a number of years and we've been working on it in the background, but I think the time, the time for such a project is now. And so I'm excited. I'll be telling you about it maybe Thursday or Friday. If you believe in this ministry and can help us out and and to help us grow and to do more with what God has given us here at Truth to Ponder would you consider giving it your financial support? You can use our website, truth2ponder.com. truth2ponder.com. There are ways to support us from there. Or you can mail a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee. C H I L H-O-W-I-E Chilhowie, Virginia Zip Code 24319 That's 24319 And we'll be right back This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman Living in the perfect
2: Shalom Aleichem This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn Your Jewish Connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. All right, listen up. This is going to be deep. In the English language, we have verbs, and all our verbs have tenses past, present, and future. He will drink, he drinks, he drank, he's drunk, you know. But in Hebrew, the language of Messiah and most of the Bible, it's not like that. Israelis will use the language as if there were a past, present, and future. But really, there's not. In Hebrew, the language is never bound by time. It's timeless. There are really only two tenses, perfect and imperfect. The perfect is basically that which is finished. The imperfect is that which is unfinished. So, when you speak about doing something in the present, you have to use the imperfect because what you're doing is not finished. So, in other words, in Hebrew, whatever you do in the present is in the imperfect tense. Whatever you do on earth in the here and now is imperfect. Your loving is imperfect loving. Your ministering is imperfect ministering. Your good works are imperfect good works. Whatever you do of yourself, of the earth now, is imperfect. So, how do you be perfect? The secret is. Whatever you do on earth, you do from the finished work of God on the cross. You see, what is finished in Hebrew, that is what is perfect. You work not from your labor, but from the finished work of God. You love not from your love, but from the finished love of God. And you live not from your life, but out of the finished and perfect life of God. Stop struggling, because it all begins with it is finished. Want more? Ask for the Hebrew mysteries. Now, the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim, the most awesome long-hidden mystery of Messiah revealed the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. You just dial one 800 Yeshua 1. You'll be so blessed, but call now 1 800 Y E S H U A 1. I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and to the unreached peoples of all nations, five continents, with over a billion people. You'll be part. Just call now 1 800 Yeshua 1. That's Y E S H U A 1. Or write me direct. Love to hear from you. Just write to The Nice Jewish Boy at Box 1111 in Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey. The zip 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Hatamim, the perfect one.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Tuesday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. If you watch television, there's a frequent guest on Fox News by the name of Victor David Hansen. And I enjoy a lot of his insight. He has more common sense than most of the guests you find in the political realm. And he made an interesting statement recently where he says, The thinnest veneer of civilization remains. What lies beneath is very shocking, terrifying, and scaring us as we peel back the layers and stare into the abyss we created. Now, there's a doctor that I follow too during this pandemic, and his name is Dr. Paul Alexander. And he's one of those rare doctors that really spoke out about how we were dealing with COVID, our response. And he just comes out and says that hospitals, CEOs, doctors, government technocrats killed our parents and grandparents, especially low income, with things like diamorphine, mitazolam, ventilators, remdesivir, and, and all these protocols, the CDC forced doctors to use or you didn't get paid. It's a really sad state of affairs. My guest today is, is Dr. Mark Sherwood. And I want to get back and I want to discuss a couple of things. We know that when people get the flu and if they become seriously ill and go to the hospital, more times than not, they're suffering from bacterial pneumonia. And many people speculate the same thing is true. Same thing is true when it comes to somebody suffering COVID-19. Yet our treatment protocols in the hospital seem to defy human logic, almost like it was intentional. So can you clarify, Dr. Sherwood, can you explain to us what this bacterial pneumonia is, how it relates to the flu, and, and yes, even COVID-19?
1: Well, you can obviously see the root cause of these bacterial pneumonias that you referenced with the initiation of the influenza, right? And so we know that it can settle in the lungs. Many people understand the uh, respiratory distress, um, upper respiratory uh, clogging that Mm -hmm. we can
0: experience a lot in those symptoms, fever sometimes. And so let's make sure people understand this. I think it's relatively simple. You know, bacterial pneumonia is a secondary Uh, offspring, so to speak, of a virus infecting your lungs. Uh, The virus is not not creating bacterial pneumonia. It is a side effect of having this respiratory virus in your system. Is that a, a good way to describe it?
1: Yeah, that's right. Just understand that viruses themselves are not alive. They actually hijack your own, um, RNA so they can begin to, uh, create replication in the body. And mm-hmm. many times they settle in the lungs and that creates a lot of mucus in the lungs, um, in the bronchioles where you can't breathe as well. And understand too, that even with COVID it had a, a negative effect on some of the red blood cell oxygen carrying capacity. So you had kind of a double whammy there and, and further, um, unless correlate this with lifestyle, that makes a lot of sense uh, to have more uh, negative outcomes if you have blood sugar issues such as being insulin resistant or type 2 diabetic.
0: Mm-hmm. Or overweight, COPD, right. all, the, all the above. So what changed? Because when people had the flu and they would come down with bacterial pneumonia, how did the hospital treat somebody then?
1: Well, obviously, we, when the COVID um, thing came out, it was labeled a pandemic, rather than an endemic. An endemic would be defined for our listeners' landless terms as a a normal uh, virus that's in our population in the world, and some people are going to get it, some people are not, but it's mostly not deadly. But you can die from it, and we're instances pandemic is something that you 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 have no control over it's brand new you don't know how
0: it's going to turn out. it's quite deadly and we expect many people to die and it wasn't Twitter. as new as they try to claim it was we disca- no. I mean, I, you know it's one of one of those things that i discovered by thorough accident i'm getting i'm putting together a press release this is back in like april of 2020 and so i typed in sars you know dash c you know kovi and i forgot right. to put the dash two and I came up with a bunch of documents and treatments, and and I'm going, wait a minute, what is this? These are from 2004. Yeah, uh, they the CDC hadn't scrubbed their website, and so well, I have it, all these documents saying, and the treatment we recommend is hydroxychloroquine. This yeah. is on the CDC website for SARS CoV 2003 2004. This is not our first rodeo.
1: No, that was SARS CoV one, you know, 2003 four. Um, the problem with that the difference was we didn't have the massive um ability to broadcast information through social media and and Mm -hmm. uh, like we do now so we're able to spread this information and the um, powers that be to not waste a good tragedy or drama or Mm -hmm. event they wanted to capitalize on that so they used it to in my opinion they used it to be a, a tool to begin to try to Instill some sort of control mechanisms across
0: the world, and I must say they were they were successful. Very successful. You know, I, I look back now, and I'm when I started reading that stuff, and that was the beginning of the end of my emergency management mm-hmm. career, because I knew I couldn't keep up the lie anymore. And, and it's hitting me. Wait a minute. So it, it talked about people getting bacterial pneumonia. Okay, and how do you treat it? Well, it certainly wasn't using a ventilator. No, they actually. Um it's interesting, you know, um,
1: we, you know, in our clinic, we we dealt with it a lot, and most of all, we dealt with it by eliminating the comorbidities, such as type two diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and, and we knew that um, young people and athletic people did not die, so that's kind of the, the person we were trying to create, and mm-hmm. we had good success. Um, there were times where you know we'd have to use a little bit of medication and believe it or not we used a little bit of a medrol dose pack and some azithromycin mm-hmm. much like you would use in your typical flu right exactly uh, and it's been fascinating to me is is people that were going to the hospital that doctors then back in 2020 lost the ability to be um, Autonomous and make the decisions they wanted to make based upon their
0: gamut of tools they had, and and the worst. And the worst part was, as we are now learning, and it's coming out, if you broke the protocols set out by the CDC, your insurance company did not have to pay you, including Medicare.
1: Well, it it all boiled down to money because when the systems that—and this is relatively in the last um, two decades—when these medical systems went from nonprofit to for profit it just makes sense you you got to keep the doors open and in healthcare which is not healthcare at all it's sick care if, if you want to invest in something at this point I'm being nefarious when I say mm-hmm. this you invest in that because you're going to make money because we're creating sick people faster than we're creating people and it's it's not okay bob what i see and when it went to for profit the bean counters as i call them the top are controlling the protocols and now big pharma controls the education curriculum that is in medical schools and so people in medical schools right now and, and i know because we have four nurse practitioners that work directly with us um, they come to us and their eyes are like um, big saucers just like you mm-hmm. in the headlights and they had never heard of that before um, and it's really sad because the protocol in the hospital then became instead of, you know, hydroxychloroquine and maybe ivermectin, maybe uh, the, the medron dose pack and the zithromycin, it became mitozolam, remdesivir, and yep. obviously when it, that. Yeah, Fauci's drug of event. choice,
0: remdesivir. Tell us about all the good things it can do to the body.
1: Well, remdesivir is an antiviral. Let's just say that. Um, it does have a side effect of. Um, Organ failure, mm-hmm. which we all know, and we all know that if you are not breathing well, for God's sake, we're not going to prone you out and give you some oxygen. No, we're going to go ahead and stick a tube down your throat and put you on a ventilator. Um, one story, people find this fascinating, if I might. Can I tell go a quick ahead. story? Go ahead. Yeah, so this, this person, a patient. And, and keep in mind, Bob, we've now dealt with, you know, a five-figure load of patients. I think we're up to 11,000 that he'd been exposed to and or had COVID. And, and um, thank the Lord we hadn't lost anybody, right? But there's one guy, um, he, had, um, he had asthma, history of it, and uh, he was a patient. And um, we find out about seven, eight days after he gets COVID that he's having some trouble. You know, he didn't tell us. He just was kind of at home. He was having a hard time. So we tried to get him some oxygen. He's kind of a little high strung guy, not a old guy. I believe he's like early forties, mm-hmm. um, but it got so bad. His oxygen level started dropping. But of course we didn't find out at the beginning. So we were right. way late in the game and uh, nothing was working. So you're stuck. You have to go to the hospital. This is early on. And so he'd been in the hospital maybe a day or two and his wife was panicking because she couldn't be there with him. Remember all those? Oh days. yeah, I know. And so we, uh, I remember we were sitting in the Dallas airport and uh, the wife was texting, I can't, something's not right. So we call this guy and do a FaceTime. I'll never forget this, as long as I live, Bob. He had his um, he has a little oxygen mask on. You could see it kind of steaming up as he was breathing. And um, he had his FaceTime on. And um, we began to talk to him and try to keep him calm. And he asked us a question that is haunting to me to this day. Mm-hmm. He said, "Am I in the right place? I'm scared of these people." Yep. "Am I in the right place?" And and you know, I'm sitting there in this um, In retrospect, airport.
0: the answer is no.
1: "Get yeah, out." <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there with my my mask down, you know, talking here, you know. And and then I hear the voice, get this, of a nurse I presume, in the background that said, "That's enough. You need to stop talking or we're going to vent you." I heard the words. Mm. My, my wife, Dr. Michelle, I give her great honor and credit. Um, she talked so loud that that person in the room heard that and said, you will not do that. I heard everything you said. Well, the person, when they were lit up about being heard with that statement, they left. Long story short, to bring cl- conclusion, we got on the phone with the hospitalist. They did not vent the man. Thank God. About a week later, he comes out of the hospital and now he's um, living back to a normal life, back to his wife and kids. Hmm. I think how close he was to death. And that bothers me to this
0: day. I I had a friend of mine about a year ago uh, in in Florida go to a VA hospital when he came down with COVID. He's in his later 70s and but in, you know, generally good health. And they were talking ventilator and all that stuff and the protocols and something just didn't feel right to his wife. You have to know his wife. You talk about the redhead that can come into a place and cause you some grief. She comes in with two lawyers and and their two grandsons that are built like linebackers into that VA hospital and they took him out and they were threatening to have her arrested. And she said, I will own your car, your house and your retirement fund if you even touch me. Mm. And with Mm. those lawyers saying, I'll file a What's your name? I'm going to do the lawsuit on you personally. They all would back off. They wheeled him out of the hospital. They dumped their wheelchair off to the side, took him to a monoclonal antibody site. He's doing wonderful now. And he was hours away from, literally an hour away from being ventilated.
1: He'd be dead. Well, let's understand too that, and I did confirm this to, you know, to alleviate any rumors out here, um, back to your point about insurance, uh, the hospitals were getting bonused extra money.
0: $30,000 on average.
1: Yeah, based upon usage of ventilators. And again, go back to our... um, just and, and i'll use the word that may be stronger asinine leaders absolute government i and, call and, them reprobate they're terrible and i don't care who they are Republican or democrat i can tell you from being in a, a former gubernatorial candidate i can tell you that it's it's a mess i don't even think it's a swamp i think it's Worse than that because things can actually live in a swamp.
0: There's nothing alive up there. It's a uniparty system and they're not about people. Amen. A lot of people don't understand that. Everybody, you know, the Bible says do not put your hope or your trust in princes or the sons of men. Come Yet on. so many people are doing that saying, well, oh, we're going to win it in 2022, man. In no. 2024, we'll fix it. I've been voting for 50 years this year. It's not fixed. It will never be fixed. If I live another 100 years, it'll be worse. Yeah, Don't Bob, tell me.
1: you're keying on a really good point that people should really grasp, and it's this, is that it is a trap. And, and conservatives, patriots, mm-hmm. people listen to me carefully. It's a trap. Amen. It's a trap from the enemy to put your faith in, and I'll say it, put your faith in President Donald Trump. Do not do that no he, he if he's the republican nominee you need to go out there and vote period but do not put your faith in him to save the country or save the world if because you he do, can't he can't yeah, he cannot do it you're putting him on a demagogue status you're doing him an incredible disservice um which is is not okay and you're actually getting fooled by a trap of the enemy and everybody that's listening is susceptible to that so let's do not do that mm-hmm.
0: absolutely while we have a few minutes left, and I'm going to have to have you back on, oh, yes, sometime sir. very soon, if you don't mind, because yes, we, th- this conversation has just gone by so quickly. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the clinics you run, how people can find out more about you, and you know, and some of the other topics that we need to be talking about in the not-too-distant future.
1: Well, they can locate us by going simply to Sherwood.tv, and my wife, Dr. Michelle, who I fondly referred to as not my spare rib, but my prime rib. Uh, We run the clinics and we have um, other practitioners that work with us, large team. Um, Through the beauty of the pandemic now, we're able to connect with people from around the world remotely as well. So Uh people can come see us in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or we can help them remotely. Uh, We do, there's seven pillars with which we focus. Uh, uh, nutrition, sleep, stress management, movement, things we have control over. We do a lot of genetics. People find that fascinating. We do a lot of hormones and peptides. Um, And then we roll into that the emotional and spiritual pieces, Bob. So we do do pray with people. We pray over them and we are a healing ministry. We're a healing clinic. We're not a managing place. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people want to come see us or work or want us to work with them Prepare to get and stay well. Prepare your mind, heart, and soul for healing. Get the mind out of the gutter Mm -hmm. of management. Get it into healing. And and we really have an incredible amount of success. To God be all the glory.
0: Well, Dr. Mark, I hate to tell you this, but we are just about out of time for today's radio broadcast. And I want to thank you for, for being my guest. The information you have shared today, I believe, is priceless. There's no doubt in my mind, and I I look over my lifetime, I've been blessed overall with good health. My first wife had a number of health issues, and and you're right, this managed care, uh, having customers and not cures, I find deeply concerning. And as I get older, I find more of this, you gotta go here, you gotta go there. It's kinda like a system designed to perpetuate income for hospitals and these medical establishments. The idea of a doctor owning his own practice are ending. Too many doctors today are merely employees and they have a quota to meet. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind about it. Everything we saw with COVID-19, how it was treated at the corporate level, not at a physician level, should be alarming to all of us. We need to take better care of our health. Now, as we close the broadcast today, This past week, not having WRMI for a couple of days because of Hurricane Ian makes it really clear that we need to have more than one pathway to get this program to you. We're going to be looking into additional shortwave radio stations and frequencies and locations and even more with the podcast. But we need your help to do that. Would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? To help us in that endeavor. And the mailing address for Ancient Word Radio, Truth to Ponder, is Post Office Box 510. P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. P.O. Box 510. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. And we will be back tomorrow with another episode of Truth to Ponder. Until then, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world.